Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness, rather I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Now, I have given up everything else which I knew to be the only way to really know Christ. I haven't learned all I should, but I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. 2019, knowing him more, knowing me. Welcome to Yakal House. And now, our senior pastor, Reverend Gilbert Osei. It's always an honor to bring you God's word. It's always fulfilling for me as a pastor that I can teach you the word of God. Like I always tell you that the most essential thing for a believer is knowledge. It's important that you have knowledge. Knowledge empowers you. Knowledge equips you. Knowledge sets free. It's very important. And last week we began a very important series. Um, how real is Christianity? How real is Christianity? So I'm continuing today. How real is Christianity? How real is Christianity? There are some things as a believer you must be assured of it. There are a lot of people that they know certain symbols of Christianity. For example, when they see a church, a cross, they can tell, oh, this stands for Christianity or this person is a Christian. I remember some time ago, now it doesn't happen, where you see certain women wear tight headgear all the way to their forehead. And when you see it's a, it's a symbol of somebody who is committed and dedicated. So the moment you see people dress in a certain way with a long skirt, you know that these people are religious or Christian. So a lot of people, by signs, they can tell this person is a Christian or this is a symbol of Christianity. Or you go to somebody's house and you see a picture of a white man with long hair, small mustache. They have written, I am he. And then you think it's a visionary picture of Jesus. It's a very funny, interesting idea. But we'll take it like that for now. At the right time, we'll be talking about these things. So people really uh, know certain signs and symbols of Christianity. But do they really understand what Christianity is? And what are the things that are real when you say... I am a Christian. Something you can take to the bank and say, ask for this. So one of the things we spoke about last week was the fact that um, if you can't predict easily the destination, the adventure of another believer, then it seems our Christianity is not real. That as Christians, 
we should be able to easily tell the destination of another believer. Is that okay? Yeah. We'll do a little recap um, and then we'll, we'll go on to today to the next part of this series. You can write, one of the most difficult things for believers today is to tell us the precise day they got born again. One of the most difficult things for believers today is to tell the precise day they got born again. The reason is simple. is because a lot of us did not or we don't really understand the concept of salvation. For me as a pastor, I have come to understand and it's important you note this. That when you get the concept of Christianity wrong, when you get the concept of Christianity wrong, or the better word is when you get the concept of salvation wrong, every other thing will be faulty in your journey in Christianity. When your salvation concept is wrong, your journey in Christianity will be faulty. When your concept of salvation is not accurate, do we understand salvation? As believers, do we understand salvation? Did I say to somebody, if we understand the magnitude of what salvation is, a lot of questions we have, we will not have them. Are you with me? I hope I'm not moving too fast. Okay. I said, if the believer understands accurately the value of salvation, we will not have a lot of the questions we have. Because we don't understand the value of salvation, we even question the duration of salvation. Because we don't understand the value of salvation, we question the duration, the longevity of salvation. In fact, we graduate to even doubt the surety of our salvation. I can tell you that most believers are not sure of their salvation. How sure are you about this salvation that you have received? In fact, some even believe that apart from what is written in scriptures properly explained by how you get saved, they still believe there are other requirements for salvation. And some of these things get scary. That people who have been in Christianity for long, some are pastors, and they still question the surety of salvation. Let's try and answer this again. I've told you that repetition is always good for clarity, or emphasis helps clarity. Emphasis is good for clarity. So the more you hear it, the more clear it becomes to you. So there's a question every believer must answer one day in your life. How does a man get saved? How does a man get saved? 
how does a man get saved? How? We'll look at Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Mm-hmm. Neither is there salvation in any other. He said, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men. He says, for there is no other name under heaven, under heaven given, given among amongst men, men. Whereby we must be saved. Whereby we must be saved. Are you there? So, what it means is that, there is only one name that has been given under the heavens that has the capacity to save. There is only one name that has been given under the heavens that has the capacity or ability to save. Hear me? Human beings, sometimes we are very funny. In our thinking. Because in trying to. Help God. We create our own ways. In trying to help God. We create our own ways. Of how a man can be saved. Somebody can tell you. No you can't just make it so easy like that. You can't. You No 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 no. How do you say it's so simple like that. You know. They think. The prescription in scripture is so simple. So they have their own. So they are their own. From what scriptures have properly prescribed. But it's funny. That for example. If you have a car. And you are not very good with cars. And you try. You are sparking the car. The car is not sparking. The, you, have, you have tried. And then somebody calls a mechanic for you and a mechanic comes and says, oh, it's just the plugs. And just blow air on the plug and start. Or they tell you, oh, it's just water. Just put water in it, it will spark. As simple as it is, you never tell the mechanic, ah, how can this difficult problem? It's just water. No, 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 it's more than water. You believe the mechanic on simple things but when it comes to the things of God and you tell people they think you are making Christianity too simple the question I ask people is that are you wiser than God God has his own prescription and it is only God's prescription that we depend on it may look easy to you I, I hear this all the time the way you people preach it's as if you are preaching that it doesn't matter how you live your life when you speak like that, it's a sign of ignorance and it's a sign that you don't understand the value of salvation. When you understand the value of salvation, you won't say some things. When you understand the value of salvation, you won't say some things. Are you here? Question. People or everybody every time in your life must answer the question how does one get saved and hear me the reason why people think that sometimes the way we present the word of God we make it too simple is the fact that they think the word of God must be complicated 
The reason why some people think that the requirement for salvation is too simple is the fact that they think when it comes to God, He must be complicated. That anything about God shouldn't be easy. Hey, if you are going to America, look at how hard it is. Then you want to go to heaven and you are saying it's so easy. Because you are comparing the things of men with the things of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 to 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 to 10. Mm-hmm. But what sayeth it? He says, but what sayeth it? The word is nigh thee. The word is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth. He says, even in thy mouth. And in thine heart. And in thy heart. That is the word of faith. That is what? The word of the faith. The word of faith. Which we preach. Which we preach. That if thou shalt confess. He says that if mouth, thou shalt confess with your mouth. The Lord Jesus. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. And you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Thou shalt be what? Saved. Thou shalt be saved. Ten. For with the heart. He says for with the heart. Man believeth unto righteousness. Man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth. And with the mouth. Confession is made unto salvation. Confession is made unto salvation. I want you to write this. It's very important. So salvation is. To believe with your heart. And confess with your mouth. Salvation is. To believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. Salvation is to believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. You believe it with your heart, then you confess with your mouth. Let's look at the word confess or confession. Confession is the word, is the Greek word homologia. H O. M O L O G E O H O M O G E O Homologia And it means to say something in two places. To say something in two places. It means to repeat something. Or is the repetition of something? To repeat something. Are you with me? Next point. So he is saying, you will believe with your heart, and that which you believe with your heart, you will say it with your mouth. So he is saying, you will believe with your heart, and what you believe or that which you believe with your heart, you will say it with your mouth. That means it first starts with your heart. I said that means it first starts with your heart. Then your mouth agrees with your heart. It first starts with your heart. Then your mouth will agree with your heart then that is salvation are you with me it starts with your heart and then your mouth will agree with your heart so the moment your mouth agrees with what your heart has believed 
That is what we call salvation. So you want to be sure whether you are saved. So if there was any day in your life that you believed in your heart that Jesus died and was raised from the dead and you confessed with your mouth that was the day you became a new creature. So if there was a day in your life that you believed in your heart that Jesus died and was raised from the dead and that which you believe in your heart you confessed it with your mouth that was the day the minute the second you became a new creation is that clear? that was the day it may have taken years but that day in your life that you believed in your heart that Jesus died and he rose again from the dead and you confess that which you believed in your heart that was the day you became a new creation we have to understand this please write this in capital the word of God has integrity the word of God it has integrity the word of God it has integrity never forget it the word of God has integrity God is not a man that he should lie he, he is not the son of man that he should repent he doesn't change his mind so if this is the process he has set down for salvation he does not change it the word of God has integrity another point so I'm saying it again so you don't forget the word of God has integrity God is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent and most importantly God does not amend his constitution <laughs> God does not amend his constitution God doesn't interpret his law and in the courtroom he has four different interpretations no oh this one may mean this even though no 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 God's interpretation is one that's the integrity of God his word is his bond. He doesn't amend it. In those days he used to be like this. But now it's like that. That's why the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today and forever. The character of God has always been consistent. God doesn't change. He does not amend his constitution. Is somebody with me? It's important to note this. This is right this. It is a straightforward fact. It is a straightforward fact that in your heart you believe it. And with your mouth you confess it and you are saved. It is a straightforward fact that in your heart you believe then with your mouth you do what? You confess it. Straightforward fact. 
then you are saved. First John 5 1. It is a straightforward fact that in your heart you believe it, and with your mouth you confess it, and you are saved. First John 5 verse 1. First John chapter 5 verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. He says, Whosoever believeth that Christ is the Son of God is, mm-hmm. is born of God. Is born of God. And everyone that loveth him loveth him also that is begotten of, of him. him. It's a simple fact that the moment you believe in your heart and you confess what you believe in your heart, you become a son of God. That constitution of God does not change. As chapter 8 verse 5. As chapter 8 verse 5. Acts chapter 8 verse 5. Talk to me. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and did what? And preached Christ unto them. And he did what? He preached Christ unto them. So it is only, write this, it is only in Christ you can find salvation. Or salvation is only found in Christ. There can't be salvation outside of Christ. There can't be salvation outside of Christ. There can't be. There can't be salvation outside of Christ. There can't be. It's impossible. There can't be salvation outside Christ. There can't be. Are you here? Next point. It is only in the gospel of Christ that one gets salvation. It is only in the gospel of Christ that one gets salvation. Romans 1.16 It is only in the gospel of Christ that one gets salvation. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Talk to me. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of For Christ. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. For the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto what? Salvation. To everyone that believeth. To everyone that believeth. You can write this for free. The ability of God to save is in the gospel. The ability of God to save is in the gospel. The ability of God to save is in the gospel. Next point. That ability of God that saves that ability of God that saves is present only in the gospel. That ability of God that saves is present only in the gospel. That ability of God that saves is present only in the gospel. Are you with me? Next point. It is not present in your works. The ability of God to save is not present in your works. <laughs> this is more serious. It is not even present in your confession. It is not even present in your confession. This is more more serious. Not in you even saying Jesus is Lord. 
the ability of God to save is not even in you. If you just say, Jesus is Lord, you can't be saved. If you just say, you are standing there, just say, Jesus is Lord, you can't be saved. Salvation only comes, watch this, or let, write, write it this way, it is present in the good news of what Jesus has done. It is present. The salvation of God is present in the good news. That is the message. The ability is in the message that is preached to you. So standing on your own and saying Jesus is Lord without hearing the message doesn't bring salvation. You are only saved when the message that carries the ability to save is preached to you then you respond to the message then you are saved. Is that clear? So just saying Jesus is Lord does not make you saved. But when the message of the good news of what Christ has done is now spoken to you, preached to you, then you respond by believing in your heart and then confessing Jesus as Lord. That is when you are saved. That's why people can say Jesus is Lord. Oh, you're right. They can sing it. Somebody can even get drunk and sing. And it doesn't mean they are saved. It is after the gospel is what? Preached. Is somebody here? It's important to know that. Next point. The only information a man needs to hear to be saved is the gospel of Christ. The only information a man needs to hear to be saved is the gospel of Christ. The only information a man needs to hear, then that man is saved, is what? The gospel of Christ. Very important. Are you with me? John 1, 12. John chapter 1, verse 12. Mm. But as many as received He him, says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power. To them gave he what? Power, power to, to be what? The sons to of become God. the sons of God. As many as received him. Is somebody here? So the day that happened to you, the day the gospel was preached to you, and you responded to the gospel by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth, that day, number one, you became a son of God. Number two, you became the righteousness of God. Number three, you became a new creation. I'm going over because of that. I don't want to rush through. I said that day, I said that day that gospel was preached to you. And you believed the gospel in your heart. And you responded by confessing what you believe in your heart by confessing the lordship of Jesus. That day, this is what happened to you. That moment, that second. That microsecond, you became a son of God. Then, you, that same time, you also became the righteousness of God. You became a new creature. This is important. So that moment too, everything God has done for you through Christ became yours automatically. 
that moment, that second, you responded to the gospel. Everything that God has done for you through Christ, they became yours, what? Automatically. They became yours automatically. That moment you responded to the gospel, everything God did for you through Christ, they became yours automatically. There is no ah, I love this. There is no action of yours or inaction of yours that can add or subtract to this. Hey! There is no action of yours or inaction of yours that can add or subtract to you being a, the righteousness of God, to you being a son of God, to you being a new creature. There is no action of yours. If we take it one by one, there is no action of yours that can subtract you from being a son of God. There is no action of yours that can subtract you being a new creation. There is no action of yours that can make you less a son of God. Never. There is no action of yours. Listen it and listen it well. There is no action of yours that can make you less the righteousness of God. Because the righteousness of God is not by your action. It's by believing in what Christ has done. So it is not your action or your inaction. It is not what you do. You don't do to become a son of God. You believe to become his son. For example, if Mr. Samoa has a son, Mr. Samoa gave birth to the son, and Mr. Samoa's son decides to smoke weed, does Mr. Samoa's son ceases to be Mr. Samoa's son? Impossible. So there is no action or inaction of yours that can add or subtract to what God has made you when you believe in the gospel and what the gospel brings to you. Is that not a very important fact, you know? It's a very important fact that every believer must know. That's why I said, till we understand the concept of salvation, till we understand the magnitude of what happened to us, we will not appreciate salvation. And we will not appreciate our Christian work. That's why some people today, they feel like, hey, I'm a child of God. The next week they feel they are not. And then they are doing things to qualify to be a child of God. It's ignorance. It's ignorance. Ignorance is affecting the body of Christ. That even pastors, we don't even know the assurance of salvation. Pastors. We don't know. We don't know what assures our salvation. And you see, there are certain things... When, when you get born again, your mind doesn't get born again. The renewing of the mind is done by you. That's why Romans, Paul said in Romans 12, 1, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message for you to present yourself. He didn't say for you to work yourself, present it as a living sacrifice. He says, how do you do it? He said, by the, the verse 2 says what? And be not conformed. Be to this not world, conformed to this world. But be transformed by. But the be of transformed your mind, by what? The renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. So to renew your mind in Christianity is your work. 
how do you renew your mind as a believer? Note this for sure. There is no other requirement for man to fulfill or no other way to be saved apart from what we have said. There is no other requirement for a man to fulfill to be saved or no other way to be saved than what we have just learned. Are you with me? Very important fact. Any other requirement is manufactured by men. Any other requirement, my brother, is manufactured by men. When a man receives the gifts of salvation, he is called a believer. When a man receives the gift of salvation, he is called what? A believer. Are you here? You are learning. As a believer, once you neglect these facts about salvation, it is difficult to understand the realities of what you have received. As a believer, once you neglect these facts, about salvation it is difficult to understand the realities of what you have received and what next you the believer ought to do after salvation as a believer once you neglect these facts about salvation it is difficult to understand the realities of what you have received and what next you the believer ought to do after salvation are you with me I'll say it again as a believer once you neglect these facts about salvation it is difficult to understand the realities of what you have received and what next you the believer ought to do after salvation the moment you don't understand the initial concept you even know what to do that's why believers are praying for things they shouldn't pray for following rituals that they shouldn't follow because we don't even understand the concept of salvation are you here so Paul's letter to the Ephesians church. Paul gave a spirit-filled prayers to the church or to say believers. And he placed emphasis upon you having knowledge of who God is and what we believers have received in and through Christ. Let me say it again. Paul gave a spirit-filled or spirit inspired prayers to the church and believers and he plays emphasis upon having knowledge in his prayers the emphasis was on having knowledge of who God is and what we we that is believers have received in and through Christ 
Is that clear? We are to know who we are in Christ and what Christ is doing through us. As believers, we are to know who we are in Christ and what Christ is doing in and through us. Ephesians chapter 1, 15 to 19. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 19. Mm-hmm. Wherefore I also... Wherefore I also... I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. When I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. And love unto all the saints. And the love you have towards all the saints. Cease not to give thanks for you. I cease not to give thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayers. I mentioned you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. What did he pray for? He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of glory. The Father of glory. May give unto you the spirit of glory. May give unto you what? The spirit, spirit of, wisdom, of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of and him. revelation in the knowledge of him. Mm-hmm. The eyes of your understanding. He says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Being enlightened. When the eyes of your understanding is being enlightened, that ye may know what you is will the know what is the hope of, of his, his calling, calling and what is the riches and what of is the, glory, the riches of his glory where. Of his inheritance, of his in, inheritance the in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? And what is what? the exceeding greatness of his power? What? To us what who believe. To us what who believe. According to the working of his mighty According power. According to the working of his what? Mighty power. Hallelujah. Is somebody with me? So Paul prays for the believer to have insight into Christ. Paul prays for the believer to have insight into Christ. As a believer, you must have insight into Christ. That means to have accurate knowledge about God in Christ. That means to have accurate knowledge about God in Christ. That means to have accurate knowledge about God where? In Christ. It is important that we have an accurate knowledge of God and we can only have an accurate knowledge of God through Christ Jesus. Because Christ is the explanation of God. Nobody can explain God to you more than Christ Jesus. Is somebody here? Okay, next point. When this happens, the mind receives illumination. When this happens, the mind receives illumination and can understand who Christ is and all that he has done for mankind. When a man gets accurate knowledge of who God is through Christ, that man will then receive illumination and can understand who Christ is and all that he did for mankind. Is somebody with me? Are you still here? Knowledge is simply precise and accurate understanding. 
knowledge simply means precise and accurate understanding. Knowledge means precise and accurate understanding. Watch this. And it comes as a result, as a result of salvation. It comes as a result of salvation. Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 19. Talk to me. For this cause I bow my knees. For this cause I bow my knees. Unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is what? Named. Named. That he will grant you according to the riches of his glory. That he will grant to you according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. To be strengthened by him what? With might by his spirit Mm -hmm. in the inner man. In the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your heart. That Christ may dwell in you what? In your hearts by faith. In your heart by faith. That ye... Being rooted and grounded in love, mm-hmm. may be able to comprehend with all saints. The believer saints will be able to comprehend with all saints. What is the breadth? What is the breadth? And length. And length. And depth. And depth. And height. And height. And to know the love of Christ. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. Which passeth knowledge. That ye might be filled with that all. That ye might be filled. The believer might be filled with all the fullness of God. But with all the what? fullness of God. Hallelujah. So knowledge, next point, knowledge is very important to the believer. Knowledge is very important to the believer. That is to know what God did through Christ. It's not just any knowledge. The believer doesn't need financial knowledge in Christianity. You may need it in your secular life. But the knowledge that is important to the believer in Christ is to know what God did through Christ Jesus. To know what God did through Christ Jesus. To know what God did through Christ Jesus. Number two, to see it as a gift freely given. I said one, knowledge is very important to the believer. That is, the believer must one know what God did through Christ Jesus. Two, to see it as a gift that was freely given. So I must first know what God did in Christ. Number two, I must see it as a gift that was freely what? Given. Three, and to realize that all we did at salvation was to believe to receive. All we did, I have to realize it, that all I did to be saved was believe and I received it. Very important. This concept of salvation, when you miss it, you would leave the Christian walk in error. So I must know what God did through Christ Jesus. I must see it as a a gift that is freely given. Three, I must realize that all we did at salvation was to believe to receive. 
Next point. So the believer has a responsibility to find out the realities in him in Christ. So, as a believer, my responsibility as a believer is to find out what are the things that are real in me that are in Christ. It's a finding. That's why Christianity is a discovery. You discover. It is my responsibility as a believer to find out the realities in him which is in Christ. I must find out what is in me that is in Christ. I must put them to mind and grow in knowledge of the same. Are you here? So my responsibility is to find out what Christ made available after I believe. And when I know it, I have to put it to mind. And then when I put it to mind, I grow by that knowledge. Is somebody hearing me? So my growing in Christianity is based on my findings of what has been made available to me. My growth in Christianity is based on my findings of what has been made available through Christ. So I put it to mind and I grow in that same knowledge. So what I find out, I don't just find out and leave it. When I find out that I am the righteousness of God, I put it to mind. I walk in that mentality that I am the righteousness of God. This is what Christ has made me. And I grow by it. That knowledge is what grows me in Christianity. The knowledge of what I find out that has been made available to me in Christ. Is somebody here? It's important that I have to understand that. Philemon 1 6. Philemon chapter 1, verse 6. Talk to me. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual. That the communication of what? Thy faith. Of thy faith. May become effectual. May become effectual. By the acknowledging of every By the thing. acknowledging of every what? Good thing. Every good, underline every good thing. Which is in you in Christ Which is Jesus. in me, which is in Christ. Write it this way. So Paul is saying, having a precise, accurate understanding. Having a precise, accurate understanding of every good thing in him, which is in Christ Jesus. Having a precise, accurate understanding of every good thing. Let's personalize it. Which is in me, which is in Christ Jesus. So if I have to grow in the I must have a precise, accurate understanding of every good thing that is in me that is in Christ Jesus. Is that clear? He says the communication. The word communication is the word fellowship. Communication. The communication of your faith. The word communication is the word fellowship. It also means sharing. The sharing of your faith. Or the participation. So the word kononia in the Greek, which is communication, it is fellowship, sharing, or participation. Is somebody here? It means there is a sharing of the believer's faith. 
There is a sharing of the believer's faith. It means there is a participation of the believer's faith. Are you with me? There is a sharing of the believer's faith. Another thing you have to note, I made you underline the word every. That means Paul was not discussing one thing. He was discussing more than one thing. Are you here? That means the believer or the man in Christ has several good things in Christ. That means the believer, the man in Christ has several good things in Christ. There are several good things that belongs to the believer that is in Christ. Are you here? Should I continue? I will say this for the last time. The man in Christ, the believer, has several good things in Christ. Next point. The extent to which a believer understands the extent to which a believer understands every good thing in him the extent to which a believer understands every good thing in him in Christ the extent to which a believer understands every good thing in him in Christ is equivalent to the effectiveness of his participation in the faith the extent to which a believer understands every good thing in him in Christ is equivalent to the effectiveness of his participation in the faith or the kind of Christian life he will live. The extent to which a believer understands every good thing in him in Christ is equivalent are you here? is equivalent to the effectiveness of his participation in the faith or the kind of Christian life he will live. So it simply means how much you understand God will affect how you live your Christian work. To the degree you understand what are your benefits so that I know that I am forgiven in Christ it affects the way I, I, I live the Christian work. But if I feel forgiveness is something I have to work for, I don't become effective in my Christian work. When I don't understand that because I believe the gospel and confess with my mouth the Lordship of Christ, God now dwells in me, I will be praying for God to come. I'll be inviting the presence of God. I'll be provoking the presence of God with money or with tithe or with song. So, how much I know. That's why Paul said, Don't you know? Paul tells the Corinthian church, Don't you know that your body is the temple of God and that the Spirit of God, that's what? Dwells in you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Don't you know? So, he's reminding them something they should know. As for the first Corinthians 6.19 God said, What? Don't you know what? Know ye not that ye are the temple of the Most High God and that the Spirit of God 
dwells in you. Don't you know you were bought with a price? So there are things the believer must know that affects your Christian work. So you want to see a, you want to see an effective Christian is a knowledgeable Christian. You want to know an effective Christian is a knowledgeable one. Not the one who screams. Bye, bye, You are a concert. Sometimes when I see people praying and clapping and screaming, they just remind me of the fishermen at the sea. So, knowledge affects how you live the Christian work. You know, at a point in my life, I used to think, I have to do my voice some way, and that shows how deep the price. And we are spoiling our throats. Then a, a, a woman is praying like a lion. There's a challenge. Have you heard that woman? Did you hear her voice? So when the person is talking normally, they are talking with their normal voice. The moment they start speaking in tongues, come on you are speaking your language you don't need to change your voice to speak your language it's like if I'm speaking English then I'm speaking hi so how are you then the next minute I say hey 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 if somebody talks to you in English and talks don't you think something's wrong with the person you just ask are you okay it's everything at its rightful place. The bias is a baby Oh, let me read that statement again. It's fantastic. The extent to which a believer understands every good thing in him in Christ is equivalent to the effectiveness of his participation in the faith. Is that okay? Next point. Therefore, there are things we ought to know about ourselves in Christ. Therefore, for this reason, if our effectiveness in our Christian work is based on knowledge of what is in Christ that is in us, then there are things we ought to know about ourselves in Christ. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 18. One of my favorite scriptures. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 18. Mm-hmm. 18. Grow in grace. But man. grow in grace. He says grow in what? Grace. Grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our and Lord. And in the knowledge. So you don't grow in grace. You want grace by prayer. No. Somebody should lay your hands for you to get. He says grow in grace by what? And in the knowledge of our Lord. Which is Savior. the knowledge of our Lord. And Savior Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. Which is the knowledge of of our Lord and Savior Jesus and Savior. So the knowledge, the precise knowledge of what salvation entails and what salvation makes available to you will bring certain graces available to you. So the believer grows in grace by knowledge. So it's not that the knowledge is now coming from somewhere. It is already in you, but you only operate them by knowing, oh, I didn't know when I lay my hands on the sick, they will recover. So I thought I needed a special prayer so I can be prayed for. But the moment you know that these signs shall follow them that believe, in my name they will cast out. He said, you will lay your hands on the sick. That grace is now available to be operated because you what? You know. 
Not because somebody prayed for you. So knowledge makes us grow in grace as Christians. So grow in grace. That is the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is somebody here? Next point. This knowledge by the understanding of the word of God. This knowledge comes by the understanding of the word of God which implies to be taught. This knowledge it only comes by the understanding of the word of God which implies to be taught. So when you are taught you know. But you are not taught you wouldn't know. You know for several years operating in a prophetic office and ministry I was taught wrongly that before I profess I have to sing to invite the presence of God. So that, that information created a mindset that without singing I couldn't hear God. But when I was taught differently that the Spirit of God is abiding in us forever. That I am in Christ and He is in me. I understood that music doesn't invite God. I was taught. So now I can hear God's voice anytime. Even when I'm chopping fufu. You don't need to... I said something the last time. So the believer doesn't enter the Spirit. We are going to pray and as we pray, I want you to enter into the Spirit. The believer lives in the spirit. In fact, you are a spirit being. The believer is what? A spirit being. You were not born... The, 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 the believer's journey of new creation is not a physical birth. Jesus said, except a man be born of the spirit and of water, which is a spiritual birth. Our birth is a spiritual birth. Jesus continues again to say that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the what? Spirit is spirit. So you are born of, say I am born of the spirit. Oh, one more time, say I am born of the spirit. That's who you are. You are born of the spirit. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So as long as you are born of the spirit, you don't go, you don't take a journey into the spirit. It's like we are praying so that you enter into the physical. You are both spirit and physical. You don't do anything to be physical. It's a nature you carry. The same way you don't do anything to be spiritual. You are a spiritual nature. Is somebody here? Mm. Okay, we continue. I said this knowledge comes by understanding of the word of God which implies to be taught. This knowledge is perfect and precise. This knowledge is perfect and precise understanding of who Christ is. This knowledge we are talking about is the perfect and precise understanding of who Christ is. This knowledge is perfect and precise understanding of who Christ is. So the believer must know precisely and perfectly. I must have an understanding of who Christ is. So this explains 
what a believer needs after salvation. What do I need after I am saved? What do I need after salvation? First Peter two two. First Peter two verse two. First Peter chapter two verse two. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word. He says, as newborn babes, you should do what? Desire, desire the sincere milk of the word. Milk of what? The word. That ye may grow thereby. That we may do what? Grow, grow thereby. So another clue he has given us is that we grow as Christians in knowledge by the word of God. Your Christian growth is dependent on your knowledge growth. Are you with me? This point. As a believer, the first thing we need to appreciate and identify with is God's word. As a believer, the first thing we need to appreciate and identify with is God's word. So when you see a believer that struggles with the word of God, complains about how long a message is, you should check their salvation. Whether they are really saved. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because this, the first thing you identify with is not entertainment. It's not I like the way they the organ plays in that church. That the focus is on things, not on the word. The first thing when you get saved, you should identify with is the word of God. Are you here? Why? Because you receive salvation via the word. So we must stay in the word. You never got saved outside the word. So if the word is what saved you, what else do you want to stay in? So we are saved by the word and we stay in entertainment. In different programs by pastor. Cultural day. So of late, it's an amazing thing I see around. Very interesting. I don't know the rationale behind it. But the whole Sunday service can be turned into a worship service. So no word is preached. They just come and sing. I don't know who made Christians to think and believe that praise and worship is more important to God than His Word. It's amazing. I don't know where they got that theory from. The Bible says He has lifted His Word above His name. So His name that you are going to lift. Who did that to us? That they are just going to service. I saw one guy, they are going to church, he's holding a whole towel. And then they come and ask him. They are going to dance. They are going to service. They are going to church. They don't have a Bible. They have a towel. And a big water bottle. It's like they are going to sports stadium. And you can hear people say wonderful things. This is where I find peace. In the praise. And then they will be doing their shaku shaku. Amazing. You know, sometimes I look at people and I said, they just miss the days of going to club. The things they can't go because people will see them. They want to do it in church. 
You know the amazing thing? They will dance when it comes to the most important part of church. The way they will be sleeping. Yet they will say they went to church. All they are dancing, they don't understand simply what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. They can't explain to one person. They themselves, they don't even, after they finish doing all their dancing, you know. I remember most of the time, those days, a lot of people, when they are having this, their musical concept, they used to invite me. They are going to do otako. After they have all finished dancing, they all still come and give their life to Jesus. Very interesting, you know. These were the same people who were dancing. You're so horrible. Yeah, yeah. Then they'll be going one side. Hey, 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 hey. You throw your hat. Hey, hey, hey. Then when you finish, if you know you are here, if the trumpet should sound, you know you are not going. These were the same people who were worshipping and crying. They will all move forward. Amazing. I don't know even whether even pastors we have gotten addiction to people moving forward. So that even when you say nobody is coming, they have to find a way for people to come. So if you know if you have not accepted Jesus, they see nobody is coming. They say, Okay, if you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, and you'll be a Because the first one, maybe you didn't hear it very well. You shouldn't. The most important thing. So that they are telling you, ah, now that you have said Jesus, thank God, this Saturday we have worship night. Don't miss it for anything. The worship opens the heavens. Today I was talking to a musician and I said to him, think about it. You can never find any scripture that says the song we sing makes God better or do anything to God. If our song makes him God, he's not God. If our worship Brother, if our worship makes God bigger, those appellations we sometimes, when you are in the mood, you tell your girlfriend, is the same, my sweetie, my sweetie pie. You are, you are precious than gold. You are the only diamond in my ring. When you finish saying that, when you come and you are in, uh, in your spiritual romance, they come and say, God, sweeter than the sweetest. You are just a joker. Please think about it. That the song you sing is what makes God something. He's not God. Please. Before any human being was ever created, God was God. So if he existed without man, there is absolutely nothing any man would do that will add or subtract to his Godship. Never forget that. There is absolutely nothing any man will do or not do that will add or subtract to Godship. If there is anything like that. So stop deceiving yourself that when you sing songs, his presence comes down. That wrong scripture they quote. And when he is lifted high, he will draw men unto himself. He was talking about salvation. God was talking about when Christ is lifted. Lifted means when he is resurrected. His resurrection is what saves people. Paul said, if Christ did not resurrect, yet then we are yet in our sins. 
So his resurrection, his exhortation is what causes salvation. Not somebody's song he's singing. Is it your voice? So is, is it the voice that is making him as you sing this song, know that as you are singing, oh, God is moving. Oh, he's becoming bigger. You think God is your child in your house? It's true that when you sing and they, they, they get excited. You have to understand. You see, that's why I said the ignorance in the body of Christ is sad. We don't even know why we sing. We don't know why we sing. There's too much to learn. If the church will stop gymnastics and focus on teaching, we'll be very effective Christians. If the church will focus on the word and stop entertainment, too much entertainment, all in the name of making people excited. Jesus never preached to excite anybody. Paul never wrote a book addressing entertainment. That when he was writing to the, the current church or the church in Thessalonica, he added entertainment to it. So when they got to that point, they started, Hey! The last time Pastor Chris, taught us, you heard it. What they rejoiced about was souls. You never see a testimony of somebody giving birth to a child. Somebody's marriage. The church doesn't get it. You can go to church and they have a long queue of testimony. And the testimonies, some of them, I don't know whether they are testimony or money test. Because, praise the Lord, I had a dream. A horse was chasing me. As the horse chase, I jump. When when I jump, and then I saw that I'm here. So I came here to thank God. Missy Demi Sometimes I just feel because Pastor will not give them mic to sing. They just want to sing. They have to find a way to sing. So you know, my favorite ones are the people who say, um, I've turned my testimony into a song. <laughs> so is it a testimony or is it a song you want to sing? Maybe I say me daddy my dad's the only one too. I say that you know no 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 that one is it looks like a Tanzanian song. You know there are people they will say they will turn their testimony into a song, and then the song they will sing is an Equitia song. What can we say, Mesuma? Kagache matafusa adwe mishadumbiya se. Is this a testimony? I'm sure they have had a fight with somebody in the car. And they have to find a way to reply them. <laughs> when you get saved, the first thing you look for and go after is the word of God. And I said the first reason is that what gave birth to you was the word. So you stay in it. That's why we stay in the gospel. You don't get saved by the gospel and go and live on philosophies. And go and live on entertainment. And go and live on prosperity gospel. We stay in it. He says, the gospel which I receive, which I deliver to you, the gospel which you stand, we stand in the gospel. We don't stand in any other thing. We stand in the finished work of Christ. We stand in what Christ has made available to the believer. That is who we are. We are who we are by virtue of what? His faithfulness. 
faithfulness is what validates our Christianity. If he was not faithful, we don't exist. So what else? So there are too many things that believers must learn to turn the church into a place of discovering talent. There is too much to discover in Christ for us to start looking for who has got talent. The church of the living God is not a place for discovering talents. If there was any talent of the disciples, what we saw was that they were preaching the gospel, healing the sick. Is somebody here? Very important. I'll be closing. So that I'll continue next week. Hear me. Let's do First Peter chapter 1 verse 23. Peter chapter 1 verse 23. Talk to me. Being born again. He says being born again. Not of corruptible. Not of corruptible what? Seed. Seed. But of incorruptible. But of incorruptible. By the word of by God. By what? The word of oh, God. Oh, the word. Say I am born by the word of God. Oh, say it with conviction. Say I am born by the word of God. So what gave birth to you is what you feed on. We feed on what gave birth to us. The word of God. Is that the end? Which liveth and abideth forever. He says it does what? It liveth and does what? Abideth forever. The word of God that gave birth to you, it lives and it does what? Abideth forever. Oh, I love this. Please write this for free. Salvation is received by the gospel which is preached. That is by the word of God. Salvation is received by the gospel which is preached. That is by the word of God. You were born by the word of God. So if there is anything you will teach anybody as you are discipling them is the value for the word of God. How many Christians have read the Bible through and through? Even only the New Testament. How many pastors have read from Matthew to Revelation? Christians are struggling with the word of God. How can you be born of something? And it's a burden when you are dealing with it. A church invited me and they said, Prof, this one we are inviting you is not where do we want prophecy. So you are calling the wrong person. Because I will give you prophecy. And the prophecy is the word of God. The prophecy is what? The word of The word of God is the prophecy. The word of God is what? The prophecy. That's why ignorant Christians will speak like that. Some women British shall come. Share, 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 share. Amazing. And they are happy to hear stories of people than to hear the living word that gave birth to them. That's why I said there are some people we have to investigate whether they are really saved. Because if you are saved and you struggle with the word of God, they come to church without a Bible. They, don't, they struggle to write. Why am I supposed to write? Did I come to church or I came to school? It's not your fault. I blame the pastor who preached to you. Because if you were birthed with the word and you stayed in the word, you'll be used to the word. People who are born in rich homes, money is not a big deal to them. When you see anybody fighting for wealth, a here for and a pray, that's why you see all these millionaires, they are very simple. And the nobodies are wearing chains left, right, center. 
They are fighting for it. You see Bill Gates, he's dressed so simple. You see them? The simplicity of their dressing. Some of them, one color of shirt. One color of tie. If it's white shirt, oh, his wardrobe white. You see poor man, yellow suit. Red tie. Green shoe. Orange watch. Then you know Ebashe. It's not their fault. It's a mentality. It's a mentality. Let's write this and let me close. Next point. The same word gives us assurance of who we are in Christ. So I said salvation is received by the word of God which is preached. That is by the word of God. And I said the same word gives us assurance of who we are in Christ. The reason why a lot of Christians are not sure of salvation is that they don't know the word. If you know the word, the word gives us what? Assurance of who we are in Christ. When you read the word, you will know it is not what you do or act that makes you a child of God. It's what he has done. My father goes to the Catholic church. I come to Yaka house. It doesn't mean I am not his son. So what I do does not change me be, being the fact that he gave birth to me. You don't become somebody's child by action. You become somebody's child by what? By birth. So we are God's children by birth, not by action. You won't know if you don't know the word. So the same word that the same word gives us assurance of who we are in Christ. Next point. Every believer should have confidence in the word. Every believer should have confidence in the word. The same way you have confidence in your alarm clock. That when you set it at 4 30 to wake you up. You should have more confidence for the word of God. That that assurances that the word of God gives is real. We will not doubt our Christianity. Not doubt our eternity. Not doubt the benefit of Christianity. When we really appreciate the value in the word of God. How people trust certain people. I know when Kojo is driving, I can even sleep. You trust men to drive you to destinations. You trust that when you put on your seatbelt, it doesn't matter what will happen. You trust certain things. Some even trust animals. As for my dog Rambo, nobody can enter my house. And yet, how many people trust the word of God? That if Christ says you are saved, you are saved. And then you are asking stupid questions. Are you sure? Sometimes, listen, it's an insult to the integrity of God when we doubt the finished work of Christ. I'm saying it for free. I said it's an insult to the integrity of God when we question what He has finished. God said He has done it. You are asking questions. What if? I told somebody today, even you, 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 human being, when you do something, and I ask you, did you do it? You say you have done it. And then I start to, are you sure you have done it? You even start feeling offended. Because you feel, why don't you trust me? I said, I've done it. Then how much more God? He says, I'm able to save you to the uttermost. And yet people are asking questions. He's saving you forever. Then you're asking, are you sure salvation is forever? That's what ignorance is doing. And look, some of us, our ignorance is casting a doubt on the integrity of the God we serve. For him, he is God all by himself. Your ignorance is working on your head. So the believer 
must appreciate and love the word of God. When you get saved, after salvation, what you do is to stay in the word. What gave birth to you is what you stay in. We don't stay in entertainment. Thank God for praise. Thank God for worship. Thank God for good music. But we don't stay and trust in those things. We trust in His Word. We grow in His Word. We are more revealed in His Word and we know who we are by His Word, not by music. So the believer must appreciate the Word of God. God's Word is sure. God's Word is stable and forever. Hallelujah. How many of you bless the word of the Lord? You thank God for his word. He gives his word. And his word is his bond. Hallelujah. Come on, begin to speak in the spirit. Rise up on you. This was a message from the General Overseer of Yakal House, Reverend Gilbert Osei. We are available anytime for prayer, support, and counseling. Please don't hesitate to call us on 0544-600-600. That's 0544-600-600. We love you, and there's nothing you can do about it.